Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start, Start saving, saving today. today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media. Okay, no. Are you joking with these places? Where does she live? Ypsilanti? Do I say the Y? Ypsilanti? Ypsilanti? <laughs> Ypsilanti, Michigan. Okay, sorry. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Sophia Fenby of Ypsilanti, Michigan. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Sophia Fenby of Ypsilanti, Michigan. Oh, this week's Law and Order Marathon winner is Sophia Fenby of Ypsilanti. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this week's Law and Order Marathon winner is Sophia Fenby of Ypsilanti, Michigan. Sophia will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Anita Flores, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it, Lion. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each week, we break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today, we're looking at Special Victims Unit, Season 7, Episode 19, Fault. Any closer, and you're going to be wearing his brains on your coat! Olivia, there's no reason to keep this piece of crap alive. Pull the trigger right now. Olivia, pull it! Shoot him! Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcast, Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. It's nice to be your partner. <laughs> well, that's the first time you've said that out loud. Is it? Just <laughs> waiting for the reaction. <laughs> uh, and rounding out our panel is our special guest from the Care Talkers podcast. It's Anita Flores. Hi, Anita. I, hello. I'm so happy to be back here. Truly. Yeah. Last time you were here, you were hosting the uh, I'm Listening, the F Fraser podcast. And you're a producer on the mega hit Beautiful Anonymous. Mm. But please tell us about your new endeavor, Care Talkers. Wow. You know, hearing you just say all the podcasts I've worked on does make me feel good. Uh, <laughs> I am... Um, uh, this is a podcast about caretaking by caretakers. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I help take care of my dad who was diagnosed with dementia about three years ago. And then I have my co-host who is a social worker. Uh, she's also a caretaker for her mom. She just had a baby. She she can have it all. That I should tell her that you can. <laughs> she, is, <laughs> she is having it all. Um, yeah. And we cover a variety of topics that we consider to fall under the umbrella of caretaking. I don't know if you've been watching the new Law and Order Organized Crime, but uh, Elliot is trying to take care of his mother, uh, <laughs> Ellen Burstyn. <laughs> Do you have any advice for Elliot? Well, 
you know where my mind went when you said that? I thought, oh, it'd be great if I could get Elliot to be on my podcast. <laughs> Maybe he could come on in character and we could talk about it. <laughs> all that brooding intensity. He could tell you about all of his failings, care- caring for his son, who's just like uh, leaving the house with drugs in his pocket whenever and caring for his mom by building her an apartment and never being there. Hey, don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Anita, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite law and order detective team? Uh, I would say Munch and Finn. Mm. Good choice. Excellent choice. Yeah. We got a little Munch and Finn epi- uh, uh, action in this episode. We sure do. And remind us, who is your favorite prosecutorial team? Favorite law and order district attorney prosecutorial team. Sometimes I may forget some names, but I would say, no, I know. Alex, uh, the yes. lawyer. I like her and I like, uh, can't remember her name, but Judge, played by Judith Light. I'm a big yes. fan. I'm oh, a a Donnelly, fan. I think, Elizabeth Donnelly. Wow, you really yeah. know all the characters' names, Kevin. I'm very impressed. Just the Irish ones. By the way, Kevin does not remember, by the way, I'm not kidding, <laughs> our next-door neighbor's name, and we have lived here since 2013. That makes the me feel that better. He knows, the fact that he knows the judge's name Wait. played by Judith Light. Is, is his name... Nope. Okay. <laughs> it is... And we have lived here since 2013. Yeah. He's well, the one that's in the QAnon, right? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you don't need to talk to... Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode, SVU Season 7, Episode 19, Fault. Well, Patty is having a bad day. <laughs> her boyfriend breaks up with her. She's attacked by a parrot. Then her at her neighbor's apartment, she finds the parent stabbed, the teen daughter choked and raped, the two youngest children missing... And she's still got all that laundry to fold. <laughs> what else we got? Family's lived here seven years. Turning out pretty sketchy. Mom and dad both pop for drug possession. Oldest son in Sing Sing for armed robbery. You know, we'll get a list of known associates. Sounds like it's going to be a long one. Footprints across the street lead the detectives to believe the kidnapper had been watching the children's window. The art teacher at their school tells Benson and Stabler that Rebecca reported a man masturbating near the playground and that she produces an amazing sketch of him. (laughs) A store owner recognizes his mug. He tells Finn and Munch he bought a knife, a rope, and a high-end scope. The name on the credit card is Victor Paul Gaetano, a bail jumper from Pennsylvania. Huang says Gaetano gets off on inflicting pain. The squad gets the tip that Gaetano is waiting on a money order at a bus station. Elliot and Olivia go hoping to nab him and rescue the kids. When Gaetano shows up alone, he makes Elliot and flees through the crowded bus terminal. Stabler spots Ryan by the stairs, and before he can reach him, he sees Gaetano slash Benson's neck with a knife. Elliot chooses instead to run and help Liv, which allows the suspect to disappear with Ryan and his sister. After checking out his partner, Stabler resumes the pursuit, but it's too late. Gaetano fatally stabbed the little boy and vanished with the little girl. So we start with a jump scare. Damn it, Brady, you jerk! Patty is led to the Clifford's apartment because the parrot Beretta got out and, like, flies Mm. in and scares her. 
Yes. Beretta. What a great name. Yeah, you know, it's a reference to the Robert Blake TV show. <gasps> yes. He was the guy who, he actually, it was a cockatoo. Lulu the cockatoo was yes. his bird, but. Oh, also God. a murderer, by the way. Yeah, so the it, like all kind of, it gets nice. No, Robert Blake. <laughs> yeah. So this is all I could think about in that scene, right? Yeah. So Kevin, pretend you are breaking up with me. Tell me you're going to break up with me. Patty, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go to the basement and do some laundry right now. You come down later and tell me why. <laughs> and he says, but I don't know where the laundry is. Said, That's why we're breaking up. <laughs> that was very strange. Wow. Like she's just casually folding laundry. Thank you very much. I'm method. Uh, she was casually folding laundry and in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> and like then he comes down and like what? She's she's folding the laundry while he's packing. Is she folding his laundry so he could leave? I didn't. It was very confusing. Come back. I'm folding your colors. <laughs> I don't know. I needed. Did you think that parent was actually going for help like Lassie? <laughs> I sadly don't. I've I have had my experiences with birds and I, I wish I could say they've been very positive. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening. I was not a fan of your parakeet. Uh, it was loud. <laughs> I, I feel that um, it purposely would chirp just to annoy me. So to answer your question, I think this bird was only thinking of itself. I could have B.D. Wong come over and talk to you a little more about it if you want. Psychoanalyze. That'd yeah. be great. Do you know what sucks? That Beretta didn't go, squawk, they're dead, <laughs> they're all dead. No. What sucks is that bird is going to live like 60 more years. Yeah. Oh, someone has That's to a lot take, longer than those kids. Someone has to take care of that murder bird now. for the like murder bird. That responsibility, I, I don't understand. The, the, somebody's going to have a bird have to go from one person after they pass <laughs> well, away to the next. Well, Patty doesn't have a boyfriend now, so maybe... <laughs> Maybe Beretta right. will keep her company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, they're looking for evidence in a triple homicide and a double kidnapping in an apartment. And O'Halloran is outside down the street looking at footprints. Yes. Eye on the ball, O'Halloran. <laughs> Made by the same pair of heavy-soled boots or shoes. Looks like hundreds of prints in a tight circle. So has been standing here for a while. Yeah, and look what I got a perfect view of. Brian and Rebecca's bedroom. They're like, it's the same shoe print over and over again. Like he's spying in the window. Hey, it could also be he's like crossing the street. It's Manhattan for yeah. fuck's sake. I was very confused by the locale of this apartment because they just kept talking about how sketchy this family was. And it looked to me like they lived across the street from a beautiful park. They're on Central Park. <laughs> West. Interesting. You can see the signs. <laughs> So there's a guy whacking it at the schoolyard, right? <laughs> wait, wait. And, well, do you have shame? Why do you keep whispering Because this? the teacher said he was masturbating. Oh, I yeah. see. I see. Yeah, I have no shame. You know, know that, right? I know you don't. Uh, no, he said whacking it. I find that harder to say than masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy. But anyway, thank God the witness was the art teacher because she creates the most beautiful charcoal drawing of the man's face. Yes. The police said that I probably scared him off and he wouldn't try it again. But I drew this just in case. I'm the art teacher. Mm -hmm. By the way, she went through all the trouble of making the sketch and then she put it in a filing cabinet? <laughs> she also did highlighting. She used two different colors of coal. Oh yeah, she's like, <laughs> I'm gonna get my acrylics out, I'm gonna do the white highlight. Also, like, they didn't know she was the art teacher. Who do they think they were talking to? But first of all, her line delivery when she was like, I'm the art teacher. Amazing. Amazing. They thought they were talking to any old teacher, but no. In case we didn't know, she's the art teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. One of my favorite scenes in the episode. But she put it like in a filing cabinet. So Anita, what was she filing this under? Ooh, good question. 
uh, possible murderers. <laughs> yeah, put it under the put it in the pervert file. <laughs> it seems like she's she's saving it for the faculty art show or something. Why yes. didn't you give it to a cop? <laughs> she's shy about her talent. You know, she's yeah. not ready to admit she's good. <laughs> Own it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it was better than that courtroom sketch the women the woman did of Tom Brady that time. Hundred percent. Yeah. By the way, what would happen if the math teacher was there? You'd be like, oh, you stroked it. One, two, three, <laughs> four. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at our cast. It's our very special guest star. Mr. Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. Yay! He's playing equally three-worded named Victor Paul Gaetano. Mm-hmm. Emmy nominee, Best known for his breakout role as Richie Valens in La Bamba. Mm -hmm. He appeared as Chavez in the movie Young Guns in 1988 and its sequel. And he's in post-production with Emilio Estevez and Christian Slater to make Young Guns 3. Really now? Those are some old fucking guns by now. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Billy the Kid is now Billy the Boomer. Are they still riding their steel horse across those wuss planes? Are they as physically active now? (laughs) Like, careful getting up on that horse. Don't want to break a hip. Uh, He met his first wife, Julie Seifer, on the set of La Bamba. She Uh was a noted and perfectly suitable production assistant. Then she left him for Melissa Etheridge. (gasps) Together, they had two children by artificial insemination. What? The father was 60s musician and liver annihilator David Crosby. Mm. Oh, my God. I am shocked. <laughs> that makes him a noted and perfectly suitable reproduction assistant. <laughs> you had a lot of time to write these jokes, man. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm no art teacher, but... Uh... <laughs> Hey, we have a Hey, It's That Girl. Hey, it's that girl. Who's the actress playing Dr. Paula Greenfield? You mean Discount Bernadette Peters? Yes, exactly. You can't help a sociopath. This whole debate about whether or not sex offenders can be cured. Can I cure you of needing oxygen? Oh, she looks very familiar, though. I did think that. Uh, That's Rebecca Wysocki. Five Law and Order Universe appearances. She's best known as socialite Evelyn Powell on the domestic dramedy Devious Maids. What? But she's currently playing Hetty Woodstone, the 100-year-old specter haunting her mansion in the CBS comedy Ghosts. That's a good ghost name, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Ghosts was actually a big British comedy, and CBS has it now, and that's why Rebecca doesn't know it. She doesn't know (laughs) anything that's ever happened on CBS. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. (laughs) <laughs> the TV website Spotted Ratings uh, nominated Rebecca to be Person of the Year, along with Mariska Hargitay, Reba McIntyre, wow. and Olivia Rodrigo. For what reason? I have no idea. <laughs> what it's website n- is this? Yeah, it's a Spotted Ratings. Huh. It's just a website about listing what last night's ratings were. And- okay. I mean, it's not like she's a UN relief worker. I don't know why she'd be. <laughs> I'm sure she's quite lovely. Why would she be person of the year? Maybe they thought she was Bernadette Peters. Yeah, probably. Uh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you probably don't recognize the actor playing the father, Mr. Portney, do you? They make you crazy. They know which buttons to push. Oh, that guy? The yeah. crier? The crier, yeah. yeah. That's the late Matt Landers. Uh, he'll always be remembered by me 
for his small role in the greatest Christmas movie of all time, <laughs> Die, Die Hard. Hard. <laughs> oh. Uh, he was Captain Mitchell, the SWAT team commander who summoned the armored vehicle by famously saying, Send in the car. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know this, Kevin can watch that movie and recite every line by heart. It is the reason I married him. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, we have a repeat offender. R- repeat offender. There's Robert Levine playing the superintendent, Mr. Schwartz. To this day, they're still fighting. This is my weekend. No, no, no. This is my weekend. Rebecca, you'll remember our lengthy discussion about his career after his appearance as Rabbi Number Three mm-hmm. in the episode Return. Oh, is that the one with the um, like Tribunal of Rabbis? Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh episode. my. <laughs> Yeah, he actually like ended up being playing Perry White in the TV show Superboy, which is not an insignificant role, and he comes back as Rabbi Number Three. I don't know. Listen, if you've never seen the episode with the judge and jury tribunal of rabbis, I have not. It is a must-watch. All yeah. right, you have to watch it just to see Angie Harmon struggle through the vocabulary to get through the scene. Oh, she's speaking Hebrew. Oh, she no, tries. But... <laughs> <laughs> Did you recognize paramedic Martinez, who put that little Band-Aid on Olivia's throat gash? Mm. Your lucky day, detective. A couple more centimeters, you'd be buying a pine box. You won't even need a stitch. That's Jocelyn Reyes, 20 Law & Order Universe appearances. If you think she bears a striking resemblance to Nurse Carla Espinosa in Scrubs, (gasps) you'd be right. Oh. Uh, that is her twin sister, Judy oh Reyes. My gosh. Wow. Wow. Are you a Scrubs fan? I I would say a, a casual. No, not even a fan, just somebody who, like, when it was on TV, I'd watch it. Uh, Rebecca falls under the category of no Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she also played one of the maids and devious maids. Judy did, not uh, Jocelyn. Haven't seen the show, but I did see a lot of ads for it. (laughs) (laughs) I I was aware and thoroughly ignored it. That's (laughs) right. Lastly, did you recognize the actor who played Eddie, Gaetano's Air Force buddy? We're buddies in the Air Force. I haven't seen him in 20 years. That guy that they could have just called, but they brought all the way to Manhattan to talk to? Yeah. Uh, No, but he looked familiar. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's David Coburn. His face may not be familiar, but you may remember him as... The voice of Captain Planet. <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. I want to say I'm surprised, but I'm like, Law and Order. I mean, it's it's a hotbed of people that have been in things that we've seen before. <laughs> but uh, I didn't expect voice of Captain Planet. Yeah, Captain Planet. He's the elemental warrior superhero who defends Earth from pollution. Mm. His arch enemies are Hoggish Greedily, Doctor Blight, and Luton Plunder. Wow. Uh, and through the impact of that cartoon, we were able to fix the environment. So give yourself a pat on the back. Well, that's All exciting. Well. Yeah. <laughs> David Colburn also played the voice of Donnie Wahlberg in the New Kids on the Block cartoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who can forget that special episode in which the New Kids and their favorite bodyguard, Biscuit, helped spread <laughs> Christmas cheer to a homeless boy after a concert? Wow. I'm speechless. All right, so that sketch leads Finn and Munch to a camping store where the suspect bought a knife with a gut hook blade, a super high-tech spotting scope with a camera with autofocus, children's sleeping bags, rope, 
and a T-shirt with a giant red flag on it. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder they check ID. You say up until you start laughing, I'm like, oh, you're reading this from a publication. It's no, it's good writing. I'm saying seamlessly slipped it in. <laughs> By the way, all this planning, and then he uses a credit card to buy it, the actual fuck, man. Yeah, uh, but I, at a store where they check ID. For credit cards. I don't know about not you. Not for a knife. I know, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I was actually really impressed by how quickly they were able to ID this guy and solve it, and I'm like, thus ends another seven-minute <laughs> episode of Law & Order, right? Yeah, but I was like, that was pretty incredible. Also, that guy, usually guys who sell that kind of stuff don't like give up their customers that quickly? Mm. I was actually very excited about that. Well, come on now. Even uh, outdoorsmen can feel when they have two kidnapped kids, Amber <laughs> Alert, the whole kitten caboodle. I guess. It's like, hey, guy came in here, wanted two kids' sleeping bags and some rope and I, a giant knife. I wonder. I shudder to think. I, I'd like to think there's steps being taken before people get to buy knives and guns. But mm. uh, I don't know. Not I in New York, baby. Buying a knife in cash? <laughs> no, we did hear the psychiatrist. It was the planning uh-huh. excited him. Like he doesn't. Mm. He didn't like the doing. It was the planning. Right. He shouldn't have been masturbating at the schoolyard. He should have been masturbating in that store. <laughs> All I oh, stop! All I kept thinking about that is like the planning, like the thinking about it, the planning. I'm like, so type A. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I was like, you know, I have friends like that, like the ones that like go to Disney, like plan out their reservations for all their meals. Like I'm like, I I got an ex-husband like that. He loved to plan. I still kind of wonder, like, what kind of city do you live in where a guy can just stand on a corner with a scope pointed at a window for a couple of hours and nobody says anything. Have you been to New York? Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I haven't seen that yet. Have seen the whacking off, uh, to quote you. <laughs> but not the, not not a, a long time uh, holding a knife up. <laughs> well, look, there's a lead that Gaetano is heading back to the bus station to pick up a money order. And because... The teller has no chill. (laughs) Gaetano takes off with the cops behind him. And in New York style, nobody's getting out of the way. Go, go. Police, out of my way. As they're running, it's like watching the Jets trying to defend against the run. Just smacking people around. Truly just knocking women over. Stabler definitely did. I was like, jeez. He went down the escalator like a bowling ball. Yeah. Just knocking people over. Not quite like a bowling and, ball, though. And not even a, hey, I'm walking here from anybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But it wasn't quite like a bowling ball, though, because he was peak toupee stabler, so he did not have the aerodynamism <laughs> oh. of a bowling ball yet. No, I, I, I'm really surprised, Anita, sort of at this era, how much stabler looks like Bert from Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> The big forehead, the little bit on top, giant the nose. Giant eyebrows. Yeah. Giant eyebrows. This, the way by he, the way. The way he laughs. So you can call it Stabler Sophie's Choice. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the boy to rescue is right in front of him, but he turns to see Gaetano slash Benson's neck. No! So when he sees that she is bleeding, Finn pulls out this white, clean cloth handkerchief. For real, Finn? (laughs) In your left pocket every day, Mm. you go to work with a... I mean, I was like, I would believe like a stack of McDonald's napkins there, Mm. but... You don't believe that Finn would have a handkerchief? 
It's a very specific character trait. So I didn't expect him to be handkerchief guy. But if that's the only time we see this handkerchief, then it's random. But if they keep it and I see more handkerchiefs, I'll buy it. But that's Finn. Yeah. What do you think about the visual of Gaetano picking up the knife and and reaching out and slashing and that whole scene? I mean, it was pretty traumatic. I mean, to Mm -hmm. me, this is the moment where we know for sure that Elliot's in love with uh, (sighs) Olivia, right? Because his reaction... When he sees it, he's not like, oh, God, he's like, no, it's real, like visceral. It's not like, oh, God, my partner. It's like, oh, God, my wife. Mm-hmm. It's real bad. I, yeah. I agree for all the romantics out there, which includes me. I this wasn't the first time I've seen this episode and I saw it a long time ago. I'm like, but I can tell you the first time I saw that scene, I was like, oh, my God, I, I wrote it down. He's in love <laughs> with her. <laughs> yeah. Such an exciting yeah. mo- moment. Well, he's yeah. like, fuck that little kid. I'm going over here. That's right. I will say so like what's happening now in the current season, like it's not retconning the fans are doing. Like I when I saw this episode, they're not imagining that that has always been there because it was. It right. was there mm-hmm. in this scene. So later on, the EMT says, oh, uh, Olivia, you're not even going to need stitches. A scarf, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Mm. Well, the consequences of his decision to help Benson and allow Gaetano to flee and murder the boy are weighing heavily on Stabler. Why didn't he run? He was traumatized, Elliot. This man murdered his mother and sister, possibly right in front of him. All I had to do was grab him. A few steps and just grab him. Now look, let's not go down this road right now. Elliot, it was chaos. There was nothing that you... Please don't try to help me out right now. The detectives go to a carjacking connected to the case. There they find Gaetano's original stolen car and a note indicating the money order was from one of his buddies in the Air Force. Yes, the Air Force, not the Navy. Yo no soy marinero. (laughs) Yo no soy marinero, soy capitan. Okay, we get it. You like La Bamba? Totally. Oh, I haven't seen it, so I didn't know the reference. I was like, ooh, what's he singing? Yes, he's singing a Richie Valens song. Uh, Uh, I'm really embarrassed. Since Elliot is both being (laughs) passive-aggressive and actively aggressive, Olivia decides to work on her own. Using his phone's GPS, she starts retracing Gaetano's steps looking for little Rebecca. Meantime, Warner finds zinc cadmium sulfide on Ryan's coat, meaning he might have been kept at a military facility. Benson and Stabler converge on a location, but they can't wait for backup. (laughs) Never. They enter the abandoned building and get into a standoff with the suspect. Benson has him at gunpoint, but he has a gun to Stabler's head. Gaetano taunts Olivia that killing him would mean they'd never find the little girl, and any shot would mean instant death for Elliot. Knowing the stakes, Stabler begs Benson to take the shot, but she can't bring herself to do it. But that's why you've got a SWAT team, folks. The sniper shoots Gaetano, and they find Rebecca hidden in a crate somewhere else in the building. Happy ending, right? 
Stabler says that he put Benson's safety above the job, and now Benson has put his safety above the job, and that means they can't be partners. So Olivia goes to Cragen and asks to get a new one. Their first lead was this carjacking nearby, and so they respond there, and all of a sudden Stabler picks up some dangerous debris that you would just find on a New York street and smashes a car window for seemingly no reason. <laughs> Elliot! Elliot, what the hell are you doing? And part of me was like, yep, that tracks. Oh, yeah. of course. I, I never question him punching anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't mad because of the boy thing. He wasn't. He was mad because he realized he was in love. Oh. It was just like oh, yeah. when you're like in second grade and the boy <laughs> is mean to you because he likes you. That's what was going on. That's why he was mad because he realized he was in love and he was pissed about it. That's what was going on. That's what I think was going on, in my opinion. I think that's, that's pretty accurate. I think you're projecting. (laughs) (laughs) Wishful thinking on my part. No, I think that's what was going on. Benson and Stabler head to the morgue just so Warner can show them how the dead boy's jacket had something phosphorescent on it. What is that? Something phosphorescent. It reacts to the light. The lab hopefully... Why haven't you already sent it? I sent it when I saw it, Detective. I'm waiting for the results. So why are we here for a light show? Come on. And Stabler... Says, like, the most reasonable thing he's ever said. Next time, use the phone. Next time, call us. Yeah, every fucking week, they're like, <laughs> we gotta drive down, find parking, just so you can show me what's on the bat computer. Says the guy who made a guy come from New Jersey to have a five-minute conversation that could have been had by phone. But really, Anita, this is like, this is a meeting that could have been an email. <laughs> I, I agree, although back then, was email as used i mean i or like text message what year was it when it came out like 2006 ish yeah yeah okay cell phones were around see it's been out a long time i honestly i I get mixed up i'm like what was technology at the beginning of law and order svu versus now but he's right they do spend a lot of time just going there so she can tell him one little thing But how would they have Warner reacting to his rage if he hadn't told her off in that room? Sometimes all that brooding intensity is just annoying. Well, that's because NBC writers are in charge, not real life cops. Yes. Don't you want her to just be like, dude, I went to medical school. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) So they're examining Gaetano's phone and America is shocked, shocked to learn that GPS technology in the phone can record your movements whoa they're like oh no i didn't think gps phones could track me i was just waiting for a pandemic to get a shot with a microchip in it so the (laughs) government would know where i was (laughs) by the way speaking of conspiracies the whole reason we have munch on the show is to pull out one of those conspiracy theories that help solve the case yep zinc cadmium sulfide the hell is that i know what it is in the 50s and 60s, the military secretly sprayed it all over the country. They were trying to determine how nuclear fallout travels, and zinc cadmium sulfide is of a similar weight. Of course, it was later determined to be carcinogenic, and the military claimed they never knew that. By the way, Munch doesn't talk about that every American is carrying a GPS tracker. Eye <laughs> on the ball, Munch! <laughs> okay, so they get into this standoff, and Gaetano has a gun at Elliot's head, and it seems that Olivia can't shoot without killing Elliot one way or the other. Oh, bullshit. I was saying, what do you got to lose? (laughs) Olivia, you think about me, Rebecca is dead. Pull that trigger, shoot him. Shoot him. Olivia, shoot him. Yeah, do that. But 
You better make sure you take me out with one shot. <laughs> take the shot. I mean, there are so many scenes, and there's actually an actual scene in this show where she shoots him through the shoulder to kill someone. Yeah. Oh, it wow. is not beyond like comprehension that she would just aim low, shoot Elliot through something else and get the guy in the leg or something, right? Like, why is the choice either murder both <laughs> of them or just incapacitate both of them? I don't understand this whole thing where it's got to be all or nothing. I was mad. I was mad at Elliot in this moment because I think at some point Olivia may have said this. I, I wasn't just thinking it, but I was like, you've got kids, man. Like, what are you doing? You're like, tr- you know, trying to assist us. Suicide. I don't know. It's just very weird. He's just like, yeah, do it. It was so weird. I guess, the you know, they're saying, like, you know, if, if you shoot me, I'm so wound tightly that my reflex will be to pull this trigger and he's dead anyway. And then somebody shoots him in the head anyway. Yes. Mm. Thanks for nothing, assholes. <laughs> oh, my God. The best is the Jersey cop's reaction after they shoot him. Damn, JV, you took half his face off. Let's get an ambulance out of here anyways. When they're like, well, we need to make it look like we like tried to give him some medical assistance. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Jersey cops. Hey, you with the mustache. Nice shot. All I got to say is first they go to Jersey in the, the first place. They're doing coppery there, which I do not think they're allowed to do. Right? They don't have time to call backup or local authorities. I mean, it's Jersey backup that they got, right? It's They may as well go in alone. <laughs> so they knew. They knew. It wouldn't matter if they were there or not, the Jersey Cups. (laughs) Might as well pretend we tried some life-saving measures at the Jersey Cup. Oh, my God, you blew half his face off. We don't want to wind up on a podcast someday. (laughs) Uh, So if you thought that Benson was wearing darker colors, puffier clothes, and filmed more tightly, you'd be right. (laughs) Mariska Hargitay was a little bit pregnant at the end of season nine. There's no such thing as a little bit pregnant, Kevin. (laughs) She was extremely pregnant at the beginning of season eight. By the way, you could tell, like, was, they made her, like, dive on the floor and then get up. And I was looking, now that I know, I said, oh, yeah, that you shouldn't have been making her I roll around the great. floor. Why not? Right now I'm going to roll on the floor. She's not handicapped. She's no, pregnant. No, I mean, <laughs> for God's sake. Her belt still felt, you know, fit better than mine does. Yes, but it just, did, yeah. Kevin. Just, no, no kidding. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't even notice. I, like, I knew at some point she was pregnant, but I, yeah, I was just so into her. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have even known she was pregnant. She's just as good pregnant. <laughs> I agree. And I thought for the record in that scene where they were running around, you know, doing that whole thing what cops do where they like run with their guns and mm-hmm. then like put their back against something mm-hmm. and then sneak around the corner and then yeah. do that whole thing. She looked way more copy than Ellie oh, did. Totally. She's way better at that than he is. Oh, yeah. She's been rehearsing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she went to rehearsal that day. You know, Chris Maloney just wandered. He's like, I was at the gym. <laughs> it was leg day. It was glute day. It's glute always day. glute day it's for always Maloney. Glute day with my, yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, so at this, you know, season seven, beginning of season eight, this is when Stabler is briefly partnered with Anthony Anderson. Don't give me that holier than now crap. I know how you work. No wonder your partner dumped you. Before he joined the original Recipe Law and Order, welcome back, Anthony, and original Recipe Law and Order. They need to temporarily write Benson out of the show because of his pregnancy. Mm. They come back to this season two concept, season two SVU episode concept, where they are too close to one another to do the job. So what do we think about this argument and that their heart-to-heart discussion at the end? Listen, like, I was flashing back to whatever age I was when I first watched that episode, and it was just like very, 
you know, tragically romantic. Because to me, like, I read it as like, these are good cops, especially Olivia at the very end end. And it's like, damn, that's why neither one of them has a good personal life. Because <laughs> they're like, <laughs> I'm going to choose the job over anything else, which they did. Look, we both chose each other over the job. We can never let that happen again. Otherwise, can't be partners. I can't believe you're saying that. You and this job are about the only things I've got anymore. I don't want to wreck that. So I just kept thinking about the scene in Wong's office where Elliot goes to see Wong, which I think, was he told to go see him? Because he would never go to therapy on his own, let's Mm -mm. be real. And he says, she made me turn away. And Wong says, she didn't make you do shit, Elliot. And I'm like, yeah, true. Mm. And then there's that scene, right? Mm -hmm. And he says, we chose each other over the job, which means we can't be partners if we do that again. And then she walks into Cragen's office and says, I want a new partner. Right. Right? It's all about him. Because I am dilated. <laughs> because I want to hide my giant belly behind yeah. a computer for That's a couple right. of episodes. I need to go on assignment to a farm where my aunt lives. I need to join cyber crimes, even though I've literally never used a computer on this show That's the right. entire time I've been on it. Anyway, um, yeah, like... I just learned a phone can use its GPS. So here's my unifying theory of this whole thing. Yeah. Catholic guilt. Ooh, interesting. For Stabler. Yes. Right, because it, it, Stabler is somewhat estranged from Kathy. Right. Kathy, yeah. Mm-hmm. He loves Olivia. The reason he's angry in this whole episode is because when she her neck is cut, it hits him. Like, he knows he's, secretly knows he's in love with Olivia, but he hasn't really acknowledged it in his own head. The reason he's so angry is because now he has articulated it to himself in his own head. The Catholic guilt is what's eating him alive, and she realizes, you know what? No fucking way am I dealing with this anymore. And that's why she says, I want a new partner. Ooh. I actually really love the ending of this episode. I think it was a good opportunity for the writers to really bring that up to a next level. I mean, you have an opportunity where you have to make her go away for a little while mm-hmm. and, you know, to sort of use this building sexual tension between them. Never consummated. But have her but make the choice. Have her make the mm-hmm. choice. Not him. Right. She yeah. makes the choice. And I like that. Yeah. By the way, at the start of the next season, Stabler is partnered with Danny Beck. Boo. Just because you know what's right doesn't mean you do it. Mariska comes back for the Bob Saget microchip episode. Oh, By the way, R.I.P. Bob yep. Saget. Yeah. The backwards attitude of a typical Luddite. You're not even capable of understanding this technology. But I digress. So yeah. 15 years later, it comes down to this question. Should Benson and Stabler be a couple? They were not. Everyone else is dead, you know? I mean, we're selling... Tucker's a, dead, Kathy's dead. We're selling a t-shirt on our website that says Bensler. <laughs> yeah, I say now, definitely. Hook up. Yeah. Why not? At least put them in a really satisfying sexual relationship, even if they're not <laughs> even if they're not together together. I, I'd be happy for them. Just have them do over-the-clothes stuff or whatever. Do you think Stapler's <laughs> particularly giving... No, no, but yeah. I think she could teach him. Yeah, she yes, she's a strong woman. Exactly. She could be like, I want a new partner, and he does this. What? Oh. <laughs> Whatever she wants. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you. Time is wasting. They got to get it in before he can't get it up. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. Wait, it's a real-life story that inspired oh, this episode? No. Is this your first podcast, for fuck's sake? <laughs> I got to say, it has actually not occurred to me 
for the first time in the <laughs> hundreds of episodes we've done of this that there might be a real life story. All right, it. well, buckle up, lady, all right. all right? It's time for Rip from the Headlines. You think you know who did you it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode takes some cues from the case of Joseph Edward Duncan. In 1980, Duncan was arrested at age 17 for raping a teen at gunpoint. He served 14 years and lived for a time in the Northwest before being sent back to prison for breaking his parole. In 2005, Duncan was arrested for molesting two boys at a playground in Minnesota. While awaiting trial, he jumped bail and vanished. Two months later, Brenda Groney, her boyfriend and son Slade were found dead in their Idaho home. The youngest children, Dylan, and Shasta were missing. Seven weeks later, waitresses at an Idaho Denny's spotted Shasta with a man and called police. The eight-year-old girl told investigators Duncan had abused her and her brother for several weeks until he killed Dylan and buried his body in a Montana campsite. She also said her kidnapper told her about other children he had abducted. Authorities researched cold cases from the period Duncan was out on parole. The FBI matched his fingerprints to the 1997 rape and murder of a California 10-year-old. They also connected him to the death of two Seattle sisters. Joseph Edward Duncan was given the death penalty, but died of a brain tumour in 2021. So, uh, Shasta Groney released a statement after Duncan's death last year. She said she'd been struggling with hate for years but now feels like she's free. It's a terrible memory to work through. Um, yeah. I mean, this, I, first of all, that is a freaking horrible story. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Maybe one of the worst real life things we've done on the show. Thanks a lot. It's Kevin. pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually apologized to Cy when I sent him the script. You should apologize to all of our listeners and to our wonderful guest. <laughs> Anita, Anita, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, listen, honestly, I also... F- forgot the rip from the headlines segment Um, (laughs) so i didn't see it coming did you think the rip from the headlines was going to be olivia falling in love with stabler sometimes it's something random like uh there was a guy behind a counter at a train station who was giving out money orders and got real scared once it It could have been something like that it could have been about Mm. zinc cadmium sulfide but it wasn't no exactly Mm -hmm. oh my god what a journey that's not great both duncan and little shasta Duncan was the, you know, the perpetrator. Uh, They say that Dylan was originally shot as an accident. Uh, Duncan's shotgun went off while he was reaching for a beer in the back of the Jeep. Oh, my God. And it hit the boy in the stomach. Shasta says, though, that he then put the gun to Dylan's head, pulled the trigger, and it misfired. And Duncan reloaded it and shot the boy to put her out of her misery. This is just really bad, right? It's like, why would you even tell us about that? Because I had to go down a rabbit hole and I need to expunge it all. It's terrible. This is like the worst thing I've ever heard. You know what? Also, because I I realize I don't actually... Um, spend that like I I'm a I'm a horror movie fan, and then there's yeah. Law and Order SVU, and then I, and then I, and then I don't really check out like true crime. Uh, this is why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this uh, is why. Yeah. No. You know what? The, the reason I I bring it up is because I hear about all this stuff. Like even when you just said, you know, that a gun was put up to him and it misfired. Like that alone to me would be traumatic. Yes. Just. Yeah that yes so yeah it's hard to like fathom 
all of that. By the way, Duncan and Shasta say that they were on their way to meet Duncan's mother when they stopped at Denny's, Uh, which just proves that nothing good ever happens in a Denny's. Nothing, literally nothing good ever happens. Can you imagine your last meal as a free man being moons over my hammy? Or a Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity. (laughs) You're saying I shouldn't go because I've never been to Denny's. (laughs) (laughs) You're not missing much, unless it's 3 a.m. That's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Anita Flores. Anita, where can our listeners follow you online? Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And if you want to follow me online, uh, follow me at Anita, A-N-I-T-A, Jutina, J-E-W-T-I-N-A, on Twitter and Instagram. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you? On Twitter and Instagram, I'm at Reb Lavoie. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law & Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freider. Our theme music was performed and composed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy, Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Other Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the Yoga Loft above the Bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media.